0: May 11, 1997, the Spice Girls performed their first British live gig for the Prince of Wales and broke royal protocol by kissing Charles on the cheek, pinching his bottom, and declaring the monarchy to be an archaic system that subjugates the poor. The fifth element topped the box office, giving moviegoers a fantastic world in which 23rd century New York hasn't been swallowed by the sea. Over six days and 22 hours, IBM's Deep Blue became the first computer to defeat world champion chess player Gary Kasparov in what onlookers called so fucking boring. Meanwhile, in Richmond, Virginia, Stone Cold Steve Austin took on everybody at In Your House 15, a cold day in hell. Happy Mother's Day, this is Hell in a Cell Phone.
1: And I have a couple questions about that intro. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, the Spice Girls pinched his butt. Yeah, apparently. I, I had no idea. Yeah, this I... didn't make it to my local papers.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know how much the Spice Girls were on my radar back in 1997, other than just knowing that they existed. So I got to do a little bit of research for. Well, these
1: actually, articles. it's funny about that. So I had a friend who I think he had like um, he had come back. He was like maybe living in England, or, you know, studying in England. Remember at this time, 97? Yeah uh 97 i was like 17 or 18 so i had a friend i guess who had maybe traveled over there no you know what it was a little bit after it was college because he'd been over there and then he came back and he said the spice girls are coming and we're like what are you talking about when he came back did he speak in a british accent like an ethic he was like madonna yeah he had the continental (laughs) accent uh but no he was like he was like they're gonna be here and they're gonna be like all over everywhere and I had no I was like You sound like a fucking crazy person And he was he's psyched. like He's
0: like the guy At the beginning Of all like The apocalyptic horror movies He's like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar In the TV adaptation Of The Stand Ah I was gonna say He's It was like
1: The, the music from uh, Don't Fear the Reaper Was gonna play As he's <laughs> telling people So also from The Stand You really should watch Is this the what TV. they
2: call Locker room talk? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, the other question I had was about... How, so, uh, I didn't realize that chess matches could even go as long as six days. I thought, like... Well, they were... It was
0: a, a best of six.
1: So, it's a day per match? Uh,
0: That's insane. And each, I, I I looked up all the times of all the matches, and they added up to 22 hours. Jesus.
1: I guess the, the, the computer had to take bathroom breaks and <laughs> stuff
0: like that. I don't know, but Kasparov was pissed, and he accused, like... IBM of tampering and having like a chess grandmaster there, like feeding it the moves. Did
1: he? Did he uh, blame it on the Jews, or is that
0: Bobby Fischer? I think Bobby <sighs> Fischer was anti anti-Semitic. I am not gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna. No, I, I I'm not gonna besmirch the name of Gary Kasparov. I with without. I don't know what I'm. Why? saying. Why we besmirch literally <laughs> everybody's name
1: on this podcast? Gary
2: Kasparov is canceled. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Gary. Come and find is he us. Alive? Is he alive? Did we killing? Uh,
0: I I again. I. He, he actually died during match five. All of my knowledge came from, like, what happened on this day.com dot he, com. Yeah, he, no, he died uh, in the middle
1: of that match. That's what the d- Deep Blue won out of uh, default.
2: R.I.P. Gary Kasparov.
0: But, uh, no, was he later... was an anti-Semite. Okay. <laughs> but he was later surpassed by Deepest Bluest, the, theme, like song. Song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the theme song from Deep Blue Sea. Uh, I was going to say Deep film. Blue Something. Which is a great film.
1: It's a great film. That's the one with LL Cool J? It sure is. That, that was one of the films I remember breaking the... Uh, black guy dies first type of thing Where this time it was like the black guy survives Except,
0: except Samuel L. Jackson gets bit in half After giving a rousing speech That movie is Listen, fucking awesome Two black people cannot live in a movie <laughs> Oof Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone The podcast where we attempt to make sense Of the attitude era of WWE 20 years later And attempt to make sense of Eric's feelings On Deep Blue Sea <laughs> <laughs> I just notice it man We're going with In Your House 15, A Cold Day in Hell Today, coming at you from Richmond, Virginia. Um, Is every pay-per-view opening package going to have graveyard imagery as long (laughs) as The Undertaker is the champion? I think this was, I actually have my notes, like, this was not my favorite intro package.
2: Mm. And I feel like overall my feelings on this show are, like, it's almost too good to enjoy.
0: Back up, what? What?
2: Yeah, like are, this package it was like a good package but it wasn't like oh, cheesy oh, oh, and enough. I thought you
0: were saying this entire pay-per-view was too good to enjoy. Also a
1: little bit. Like I feel like we'll we'll go we'll, yeah, we'll get, we'll into, get it, into it. But, um yeah, I mean the package I, I I agree in the sense that the packages are just kind of like I I don't know that I was like oh this is amazing but I was they're, they're kind of like middle of the road. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. They're, they're not cheesy they're and embarrassing the same way. Yeah, it's a real real sugar cane yeah. is what we're dealing yeah, with. Yeah, exactly.
1: Here. So so safe um but yeah i don't know like we always have the wwf like uh tornado the The, twister yes okay whatever Um, world
0: wrestling federation
1: yeah um i don't even remember
0: what a lot of the the opening was no i i don't think anybody had a lot of ideas of what was going on when they were booking it was just a
2: lot of black and white um video footage of undertaker and steve austin beating up other people
0: yeah okay whatever
1: I will say though in the beginning, so like when when the announcing, you know, when, when the the guys were going through the um, the card for the night, at one point I actually wrote down, did they draw sunglasses on uh, the members of Nation of Domination in the Ahmed versus Nation of Domination match?
2: It's like those eight bit sunglasses that come down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cool. Yeah, it looked like they were
0: like living emoji. I'm like that. Those sunglasses don't look three D. Thank you for going with 8 bit. I was trying to figure out the way to describe those. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, But before we get to that, anything else? We've got Flash Funk versus Triple H with China kicking things off. I
2: feel like this match was all about putting over China more than
0: anything else.
2: Uh, That makes sense to me.
1: There wasn't a. Yeah. Because, in fact, everybody was focused on China, including the announcing team, which I feel like at this point, like at a certain point, we're going to have to just, like,. Turn a, a light on in our recording studio that just says transphobia is is Oof. happening. Because like how many times can we call it out? But it's it's literally constant. Yeah. It's like a din like a like the din of noise of that. Jim
2: Ross place. tries to be like, she's so muscular, but then Jerry Lawler's gonna chime in with like, Gotta
0: chin that would make Jay Leno jealous. And yeah. like, I feel like Jim Ross was just as bad. He was just as bad. This he time. made that Eddie
1: Murphy joke. Oh yeah. He said Eddie Murphy would know about because um
0: Lawler said boxers are briefs. Boxers are
1: briefs, and he goes, "Eddie Eddie Murphy would know, you know the, the what
0: the reference oh, yeah. is, right? Oh yeah, yeah." And was was Frank Gifford? Was that situation the same thing? I couldn't quite remember. That no, Frank one.
2: Gifford, I thought uh, bit someone. He was into like biting people.
0: No, that
1: a was
2: prostitute. Marv Albert. Yes, you're right. That was Marv Albert. I
1: think Frank Gifford just Had stuck his fair. dick somewhere. Yeah,
2: I I thought the Maybe a prostitute.
1: Ah, maybe they probably all do. What
2: other rumor, conjecture, and slander can we cram into this? <laughs> Frank episode? Gifford was an anti-Semite, and LL Cool J was there.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I, yeah, I, I, thought the whole Frank. I thought they were the the stuff that they were putting on Triple H was just uh, he's fan. He's like he's blue blood, rich, and li- and you know knows all of the. He knows John F. Kennedy Jr. R.I.P. and and Kathy Lee Griffith. So basically, Triple H
2: is Gifford. Triple H's gimmick right now is Sonya Morgan from Real Houses of New York. Yeah. <laughs> that's,
1: just, that's basically it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, not great. I did love the... Uh, Triple H had a really great... Um, I guess it would be like a back suplex off the top rope that Funk sold yes. great. Um, that was really good. There was... I was like a... I don't know if Flash Funk really has six kids or if they were saying he has six mouths to feed. And I was like, this feels racist. It
1: (laughs) seemed like it was. Also, are they all in a dojo? It sounded like JR was saying he's got six kids in a dojo. And I was like, "Are?" and then they started talking about what a dojo is like and how newbies train. I'm like, he's got six kids. And are they all training to be wrestlers or fighters of some sort? It made none of it. It was all a little bit uh,
2: confused. Yeah, and the crowd could not have been less into this yeah. match. It was just it was just there. It was competent. It was fine. Uh, China was the most exciting thing. In Do it. you think the Funkettes weren't there to shine a spotlight on China? Well, that's what the the announcement made it yeah. sound like the Funkettes were afraid. Though I also honestly feel at this point, I'm trying to remember how much longer we have Flash Funk among us. And I'm wondering if they were just like cutting the Funkette budget. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, you can get one. And he's like,
0: it's not worth it if I can't have at least three i did spend like the majority of this match though thinking do i like flash funk's outfit tonight <laughs> and i think the answer is yes
1: uh he's wearing boots that like from like beyonce era after she immediately started on her solo career
2: flash funk's outfit reminds me of something they would wear on a CW DC superhero show <laughs> where it's like okay. almost good <laughs> but it would have to be like very dark You know? He definitely had the boots of Black Canary. Like yeah, he could be on the flash. Like he could be be on the flash (laughs) phone. Um
1: oh, so there was that weird move where Triple H pulled the ref in for that hug. Like he like the ref was had his back to
0: him and then Triple H pulls him in and just goes like hugs him (laughs) so that China can pull the move off. And I was like, okay, I don't know. But you know what? It worked because I feel like this was the most milquetoast ref that I've ever seen. Like, he spends half the time. You're like, hey, come on, you guys. Let's keep it in line. And I think he just really needed a hug in that moment, too.
1: Well, I mean, we all know that Triple H is good at, at um, offering comfort as he did to Kathy Lee Gifford. <laughs> did you guys catch or I don't know. Is it resonating with you what Lawler said about the funkettes with with JR? that they're a lot like the moon.
2: Oh my God. This metaphor was, I was, but honestly, I was glad it went the way it did. Cause I was like, Oh no, where are we going? Lawler? Where are we going? I don't remember. What did he say? He goes, uh, the funk
1: cats are a lot like the moon. They're nice to look at, but you ain't ever going to go there. And that to me sounded like you're not going to sleep with a black woman.
2: Oh, I just look at it as like, JR is not going to be able like, can't, couldn't get sleep with a woman. So beautiful.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm going. I I would go with Bobby's read on this one here. Just I don't think they ever sexualized Jr. Yeah, right? I think it was more of a dig at Jr. Being
2: unfuckable. Maybe
1: I don't know. I, I was hope, very I, listen. I genuinely hope it was. Look,
2: I don't like when Jr. Sets up a simile. I'm like, oh no, where are we going? <laughs> the, the fuck gets like the moon. I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And I was like, okay. You're yeah, what
1: did I say, Jar? You said Jar. Oh boy, where am I today? Yeah, they are becoming it. the same person too. Yes, truly. Uh, I, yeah I, we'll see. But we'll if if you have thoughts on this, reach out to us on our Twitter, <laughs> on our Patreon. Yeah. give us a dollar a month and then also tell us.
0: <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: I give King zero credit.
1: I except I, as an artist, he's very good.
0: <laughs> he could be a Times
1: Square. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that is true. I don't mean like as a as like a, a ring
1: artist, a performance <laughs> artist. No, yeah, he's a very good illustrator. Arts. Oh wait, I was saying about
0: you give him credit. Oh, you don't give him any credit. But this is one that I'm, I'm gonna gonna say is the most benign version, like the least offensive. Of the offensive things he was going to say. Hey, man,
1: if you want to assume the the best of him, that, look, we all approach the the Lawler.
2: We all know Aaron's a Lawler apologist. Right. So... Hey, I'm just saying he makes good points.
1: <laughs>
0: He's just asking questions. He tells it how it is. So, yeah, so the match ends. Uh, China gives Flash Funk a good old nut slam on the ropes, and we move on.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a... They, they showed off how she... What was she getting him into? Almost like a suplex i don't know
2: what you would call that because it wasn't quite a suplex she just kind of lifted him straight up the way she was like lifted him by his hips like it wasn't really like what a suplex would be but it was uh definitely a display of strength yeah impressive
1: yeah i I just had this is an okay match it was fine
2: yeah this was this would be an okay
0: tv match even yeah so we go backstage to ken shamrock fuck I love the squad of referees that appear out of nowhere whenever a fight breaks out as though they're just like wandering around in a group backstage, just waiting to to stop any kind of shenanigans.
1: The referees are a little bit like the cops In Grand Theft Auto
0: <laughs> Where like as
1: soon as you like steal a car All of a sudden like the, the Alert goes to like one And then you know They've got more so...
0: badges up at the top yeah, the People are the starting to the come bra around out. for you
1: Like you attack enough superstars And there's like five refs in a helicopter Coming <laughs> around um, I I Every time I see Ken Shamrock talk I'm just like this guy has no personality And I'm sure he gets better I, I, I think he gets better he just uh, he just sounds he he just sounds like a fucking tool when he talks. He looks like an action figure, but he sounds really
0: awful. I don't think he's uh personally I don't think he's that bad, but maybe I'm looking back at him with kind of rose-colored glasses just because I really really liked him Same. in during his stint there. I never thought of him as a magnetic personality, but he does cool things he's and a he beats people up. He,
2: he's kind of like a like a lesser Brock Lesnar. I mean, it's really what it is. He's just gonna be like a tough guy who beats the fuck out of people. Yeah, yeah. He's never gonna give you more than that. He's never really gonna gonna do too like.
1: Yeah, I'll take that honestly. Uh, Shamrock could use like a, a manager or like a valet. That would be great if if he was just the guy who just kind of stood in the back and just kind of flexed and like did what Lesnar does. Lesnar. I mean, I don't know if we're gonna if I'm gonna see Lesnar talk as we get into the the part where Lesnar shows up.
2: We but got a like, while to go. Right,
1: but like. I mean now I, yeah, I couldn't like, tell right you right. what his voice sounds like
2: yeah no but Ken Chama what, he'll step up I mean he, this is his first pay-per-view match he's still very new listen I'm
1: gonna be a critic
2: he'll get better no I'm just saying I'm, just <laughs> letting, I'm giving you some assurances that I think Ken Shamrock kind of grows into, into the WWFE and gets better alright
0: and then we have the Rocky promo right uh, did we? I don't know. There's just kind of like a black hole, like scene missing <laughs> moment. Still this nothing. Mat, oh, this match is so bad.
2: It's very, very bad.
1: I mean, it's as good as a, a like it's a. It's as good as as it's gonna get with mankind in it. Like mankind does a, does all he can to try to make it make something happen, but. I mean, I thought the ending was fine. It was yeah. more interesting than the than everything else.
2: I the rock bottom on the ramp was really nice. Yeah. Um, this match is really about though, not even the two of them moving. Yeah, there's a story. It's about how both of their characters are developing now. So Rocky's hitting a losing slump. He's going to start to get a little edgier, a little darker, a little bit more desperate. Mankind are actually humanizing a bit. They were talking about how he always wanted to be a wrestler. He's a jump off of roofs. He's did all this stuff, and I'm like, that's going to become very. Big for him. I think we're starting to see the seeds of a turn for was, both.
1: Was the scholarship to reform school a joke, or was that supposed to be part of the backstory? I believe that's a joke. I was going to write it down. I was like, oh, we got a scholarship to reform school. Interesting. <laughs> but nope. I guess I'm not on the Lawler page today. Um, what, what was Mankind saying when he was on the ground? Um, when Rocky had him kind of pinned, and he was like, not squealing. He was saying like some, like, Something that he kept repeating, but I'm not sure what it was. And it, it didn't have that otherworldly mankind quality, which made me want to actually find
2: out what he was saying. Huh. I didn't remember that moment. But I couldn't also make out what he was saying.
1: It's at 26 minutes, if you want to. Take you know,
2: I remember the moment, because I remember looking at it. It was a close-up of his face, and I was marveling at yeah. the little vents on his nose piece. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so. and, that, and he
1: said it again. He said it a couple times. I also, I liked when he when he, like had Rocky in the corner and was squealing into his face. I mean, that's what you want to
0: happen when you have somebody go against Mankind. Exactly. Yeah, this was a very paint-by-numbers kind of match.
2: Yeah. Uh, Again, I thought it was fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like the Owen Hart... Rocky my via match where he loses the Intercontinental championship might be a little bit better for a pay-per-view but i know that they're setting up for the heart foundation stuff later on yeah and so it wouldn't really make sense to have owen in the ring before and then be sitting on the sidelines later but we'll get to that whole thing later on
1: Did they have an angle going into this pay-per-view between like rocky and mankind or was it just literally like well we we want these two guys to you know make their respective turns.
2: I actually don't remember a significant angle between the two of them, but this is the first time they're meeting on a pay-per-view and they will be going to put on some fucking barn burner. And that yeah,
0: and that is worth noting right now because talk about Undertaker and Mankind, Mankind and The Rock's programs that are going to come in the future are some of my absolute favorite. Really? I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I see and I was like it's funny cuz when I watch something like this, I you know, Every time I see, you know, the, like, The Rock or, or, like, Triple H, I always have in the back of my mind, oh, I'm watching these two, like, Hall of Famers, like, they're, they're you know, locks for being the best, like, some of the best of all time. Um, but for some reason, when I see, like, uh, The Rock and Mankind going, I, I always think of them, like, in my mind, I just think of them as separate entities. Like they were just traversing oh, the world no. And, But no, no,
0: but no, I think Eric, Eric's like like right on, and I think that's part of where the magic is going to come from later on. Is that they're from such different. Like worlds as far as wrestling goes, and that they're able to bring such different things to the table, and I love them both for such separate reasons. So when they're in there at the same time, it's a lot of fun,
1: right? Like Mankind's a crafted character, and Rocky is like just a person. He's just a legacy.
0: There's no, there's no
1: like you're not you're not watching him going. Well, what is what's like what's it what's in his but there's
2: going to be so much more to both of them that it's like I mean truly. Classics. classics. I don't think Rocky
1: might be is going to go anywhere. <laughs> uh, Rocky might be, it might not be.
2: <laughs> well, it's just crazy to see that even on this pay-per-view, it's, there's Triple H, there's Stone Cold, there's Rocky, there's The Undertaker, there's, Ma- there's like These are people who are going to be just like unbelievable stars. And if you sh- if you showed somebody, if you
1: like just wrote out the list of people that were on the card for this pay-per-view and didn't tell them like when it came out, they would be fully on board. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into how much of it is good and how much of it isn't, but like I think they'd be sorely disappointed with like some of the biggest names that they'd be excited to see.
0: And those of you who've been following along at home probably were sorely disappointed <laughs> watching this pay-per-view. Did
2: you notice that there's like weird editing in this pay-per-view? Well, the package the the Rocky interview before they're showing his like losing streak developing or whatever, it was like all over the place. They weren't showing the right footage at the right time. Then they would cut to it and they were like talking about him losing the belt. I couldn't remember who he lost the belt to and they're just like hold showing him in the audience looking sad and I'm like, what what is this?
1: Also between the matches they it seemed like they were like going to commercial break and like, yeah. coming out. It was yeah, a yeah. weird thing.
2: I don't know if
0: they like if they actually had commercials on this oh, paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might have cut out like uh didn't Trident sponsor this one or something? Well this I know they also were promoting a lot of
2: I don't know if it was UFC, but another MMA thing. Because there was almost like a relationship with them at the time.
0: They did bring up UFC. Um, there, there was like a literal UFC May commercial. May yeah. 30th or yeah, something? something like that. Guys, check Guys, out you... May 30th.
1: <laughs> do not tune in. You will be disappointed. Should we do another podcast for the Patreon people of like UFC at this time?
0: Um, yeah, that none of us know anything about it.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll all be the noobs, and we'll have no historians. We'll go. Well, I'll oh. just
2: point to the people who are also wrestlers. <laughs>
1: Talk about that. Honestly, also, I think it would go quicker, right? Because a lot of those matches are like three minutes.
0: Yeah, uh, it's like, well, it's either really, really fast or like, the longest, most boring thing ever. People seen. just hugging. Yeah, a... it's it's
1: like watching a snake eat. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I hate PG thirteen. I know. I know. Everyone. I... I feel like every, that their raps are getting
0: slower every yes, time. Yes, they were offbeat. They were offbeat. This time I was like, "Oh
2: my god, am I having a
0: stroke?" Just it was saying like... they're offbeat is saying that at one point they were on beat.
1: Yeah, but like this was like it felt like two beats went, at like at between each like bar that they had, like it was very bad. This was the worst. Something about your mother, ba 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 brother, I don't know.
0: No, Oof. that was on beat, Eric. You just—I I, I, I can't not be on I'm beat. Perfect. Also, Ari Ari has
2: perfect pitch. Yeah, per- per-
0: perfect pitch, <laughs> perfect beat, perfect rhymes. I also—they call me one take silver. His mixtape's dropping this weekend.
1: <laughs> uh Ahmed is so wet backstage. So wet,
2: soaking, fucking wet. And,
0: and I, I just wrote, and I wrote once he, once he, once he makes his appearance, I go, he got wetter. And also, apparently, suffering from snoring. Oh my God, he's, a, he's he, got the breathe right strip. The strap breathe right, wrestles. he wrestles with a lot. He I, had I, that I on he, in the, the
1: that. last one or the one before. Um, no, I, I wanna, I'm gonna put the promo that he cuts into the podcast. None of it made sense <laughs> to me.
0: Ahmed Johnson, when you agreed to this evening, many people thought, obviously, it was a no-win situation for you. Then, in the WWF Free For All, you agreed to face all three members of the Nation of Domination in succession, in order. Ahmed, the odds, no doubt, stacked against you. You know what, the odds always stacked against me. But Farouk, if you're any kind of
1: man, do a step in the ring first. See, so this is all about, this is about me and you. This ain't about the mother two goons you brung, but I'll tell you what. so you bring them to the party, they might as well dance. Cause i tell you what, that's tonight, me or you all, somebody's going to the
2: end. All right. I have no idea, right? Literally, okay, so the, the main takeaways there are you bring them to a party, they may as well dance. Right. Sure. Right. But one way or another it's code you, for fucking. Me or you all Me or you all are going to the end
1: The end also if you're any kind of man You'll step in first but also uh, You brought them So I might as well wrestle them But I guess I'd wrestle them you first and then them <laughs> And then the end Just becomes this whole thing I don't even know like what, what happens after the end That's just the cha-cha slide isn't it <laughs> <laughs> To the
2: left Take it back now y'all <laughs> man yeah that's a how did no one write that <laughs> <Did anyone? laughs> like, like i don't know let's just put ahmed on camera go like what like everyone everyone has to know that's a bad you idea you know
1: you know how um uh will farrell and uh or, you know how like like um fred armison and christian oh, way would do Cat. that thing where they would be like oh we wrote this song about <laughs> it he's doing that except he doesn't have a partner he's who doesn't doing it with himself either.
0: yeah He's. They're both like he and himself are trying to figure out what they're trying to say. <laughs> well, how many of the promos were scripted back then, Bobby?
2: I'm sure all of them. But the same way. I mean, like, or at least mostly. I mean, the same way that I. I don't feel like they've been doing the same thing since.
0: I mean, I. But I feel like a lot of these guys just kind of. I remember hearing Mick Foley say that one of the problems with today's era is that everything is scripted and it doesn't the guys don't have any room to like breathe and develop their characters at all so that just made me think that back then they were just kind of handed a mic and allowed to just kind of go with what goes in their heart
2: i don't think uh to that degree it be, i don't think to that degree there might have been a little bit more leeway but they're still gonna have bullet points or like something <laughs> is, i mean like that was insanity right. i mean like they sort of have, like, beats they have to hit or whatever. And I'm sure, like, even today, I'm sure they, like, have a little bit more leeway with folks like Becky Lynch probably has more leeway. Same way, I'm sure Austin had more leeway because he knew what he was doing. But I don't think anyone in the WWE could possibly think it's a good idea to just, like, hand Ahmed a live mic and call it a day. Do you think
1: the bullet point was, you're gonna win? And then- <laughs>
2: just, like... Talk try the easiest thing. I'm gonna beat you all the end. That's all you gotta do.
1: Yeah, I mean my, my assumption, I mean you guys probably know about more th- more about this than I do, but my assumption is it's a little bit like curb your enthusiasm where like none of it's scripted, but like they also talk about everything and like they're like, Well, this is what this situation's gonna be like
0: and then But I up. feel like today it's it's a lot less of that and it's more like here is your script, memorize this and then go deliver it it's possible.
1: I mean, I, I definitely there are there are some superstars that I don't really enjoy anything that they're saying on the mic. Like, oh yeah. Every like a lot of times Seth Rollins,
2: I'm just oh, like Oh, I find him very uncool. What, it, d- what? Yeah. Really? Yeah, like he doesn't sound I think yeah, sounds cheesy he, on the mic.
1: Yeah, he sounds real cheesy on the mic. Um, you no, don't I I think don't, so? No. He
2: doesn't put any like
0: attitude into it.
2: Yeah, it's it's I don't know. I he's like generic good guy.
0: Yeah, I guess I I don't really have Anything to back it up, so I I will allow, I'll allow this point right here.
2: I just wish I I mean this is not a podcast about today's wrestling, but I just think he also hasn't had like a quality program or a real storyline to sink his teeth into in a long time.
1: Yeah, I mean having to take out uh, a guy who only shows up for pay per view. Yeah, who everyone hates already. Like into saying
2: all the yeah. things that everyone else has said who faced him before. They're just
1: naming him a different thing, and the word "slayer." It's not. <laughs>
0: It's not that interesting.
2: Well, I want, I'm, I'm rooting for a gang girl back so he can be the Vampire Slayer.
0: <laughs> well, eight months from now when this airs, we'll see if this still holds up. True, true.
2: Um, yeah, that promo was absolutely bonkers. This whole thing is absolutely bonkers. I do, as much as I find this match, these three matches, not good, I do think it was like a good um, installment in their bigger story.
1: Yeah, I mean, also given what we talked about, I kind of knew how it was going to end. Yeah. Um. So a couple notes starting out, I it seems like Gorilla's character is becoming like, not in terms of like function, but in terms of form. It's becoming he's becoming a lot like an umpire.
0: He's like, "Like, "You're out of here." He's the fun police.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's like, he's like,
0: no, no, no. You're
1: out. You're all out. Like, okay. And then they talk about how. Nation of Domination would sue Gorilla? Is that just because Clarence exists?
2: I did like the line that um, Jerry Lawler used, which was reasonable doubt for a reasonable fee. That's pretty good. Hmm. That That's is pretty, pretty good. good. That's a pretty really sick lawyer burn. Yeah. That also seems like
1: a good, like, Jay-Z, like, like, sequel to Reasonable Doubt <laughs>
0: after Reasonable Doubt too. Did he do Reasonable Doubt? Reasonable he, doubt? he did not, but oh. Eric talking about Jay-Z just bums me out. Why? <laughs>
1: um oh I was gonna say so uh when we get what we get on the second match is essentially what seems to me like a pretty well- trod um uh, trope in these gauntlet matches, which is that no matter how many people there are in the gauntlet there's always one guy who's going to immediately eliminate himself like the uh, DQ and then work the guy and and just basically, uh, work them down for the next person That comes yeah. up, right? That
0: happened with Kofi uh, where... Yeah, we're definitely Spoiled on gauntlet matches yeah. Today uh, But to they're still a, doing the same thing To take a page from Bobby's book I'm just saying, thinking about the Kofi gauntlet match Thinking about the New Day gauntlet match Thinking about that Seth Rollins gauntlet match I mean yeah. The the work rate of today's Athletes and being able to To make this convincing and to Make that into a compelling story where we would obviously be like, "Oh, he's facing five guys; so he's just gonna get fucked up and, and die." And I think again, these and these are
2: all matches that we're they're doing all in all now because they're pulling from this time that we're watching for the podcast. Like these are, I feel like were relatively uncommon then. Sure, yeah, you know, they're just like inventing these things now, right. and we've seen them so many times by the time these are all very novel.
0: Yeah, there's definitely some guy backstage be like, uh, "Call it a gauntlet match." I don't even think they called it a gauntlet match, right? They did call this for match. this one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I'd like to
1: premiere. By the way, um, I was inspired by uh, the end of the first match and Ahmed Johnson's ring gear. Uh, I I wrote a little bit of a song.
2: Okay, <laughs> amazing.
1: Here's here's how it Subscribe goes.
2: Subscribe to our Patreon. No, okay.
1: <laughs> Ahmed Johnson's got a hungry butt. <laughs> <laughs> Ahmed Johnson's got a hungry butt. I also wrote more lyrics. <laughs> Um, <laughs> lost my kidney in the hospital Jack my girlfriend went to the store and she
0: never came back it's a hit all it requires <laughs> is for the mainstream audience to know who Ahmed Johnson is and know the specific beats I'm looking forward to the remix featuring PG-13
2: <laughs> thing for like the breakdown
1: huh, huh, hungry bud
2: yo man he got a uh, hung butt, like just totally not
1: He's got a hungry butt. man,
2: They get, they go faster. Nathan was watching this because he's been home for spring break, so he's been watching me watch this, and he was like, "That guy's butt is everywhere." And I was like, "It is Nathan. It is." I
0: told Natalie you were lying about a hungry butt too. She, she thought it was funny.
2: He got a hungry butt. Uh, but yeah, I also thought he the first match with Crush. I thought that. It looked like garbage. I just thought that he won with that spinning heel could look absolute trash. Yeah. It's just
0: like, what are you? What are we doing here? No, yeah, there was a terrible clothesline from Crush. Um, was JR making up Ahmed's bio as he went along? No. Well, I don't oh, know about how he was in like a gang? Yeah. So
2: I don't know if this is like real, real like deep uh, K-Fab stuff, but I remember reading an article in WWF Magazine um, that was while he was on Injury, that was like all about his background and like he was shot and all this stuff. And it, Jesus. they were so if it is fake, they really did like they really portrayed that was a serious story in his legit bio.
1: What if his what if that background was actually while he was in the hospital? He like had to join a gang while he's in the hospital <laughs> okay. for his kidney. Yeah, he lost
0: his house. <laughs> well, to survive in the hospital, you need to, to join a gang. That I've heard right. that. Right,
1: they they actually they beat you up to like to bring you to initiate you, and then they put you back in the the emergency ward.
2: Your first day in the hospital, gotta take out a doctor, <laughs> or at least an orderly. <laughs> Just show go, his boss. Go for
1: the go for the biggest of doctors. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I, remember, I also remember this the first time I learned about what bed sores are, because he was talking about it in bed sores. How he was like getting all these bed sores, and everyone had to turn. It. it was very graphic, and it was very. I remember as a, I was you know reading
0: this as an eleven year old and being like
2: ah. <laughs> but it was like a series. I remember I got I, got, I so, wish I could find I'm just picturing
0: 11 year old Bobby like constantly moving in bed that night yeah, to make like, sure somebody turned me
2: <laughs> I wish I could find a copy though, because I could see it so clearly in my head like the photo shoot was like him in like you know striped leggings I, mean, I could see it in my mind a fanny pack Arms crossed against like a chain link fast. Oh, I would
0: love to read some old back issues I of WWF wish I magazine. Saved that.
2: They've got to be on the internet somewhere. I'll see what I can Have to I'll be. see we can dig They're up. They're
1: probably you can get them probably in like a bulk thing. Like, For like the Patreon. You, like they've got this box that they've opened and there's like a, you can see a couple things and then the whole thing is just WWF
0: magazine. They sell it by weight. <laughs> <laughs> is this the first time we heard anything about his Pearl River background? Because I don't remember hearing well, his, move, his finisher was always the pro River Plunge. Okay. I think we've just we we've just seen him be
2: nothing but injured for so long, and he is injury prone, and so he's often out on injury. And when we did see him wrestle, I feel like there was like the street fight and stuff where he wasn't hitting his finisher, but his finisher is always
0: that double underhook powerbomb, which he calls the pro River Plunge. Sure. What was with Crush calling the rest of the guys down and them not responding to it? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I don't... I guess it was just driving home that
2: like, oh no, they're really in dire straits. They can't help each other. They usually do kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. It, it,
1: it, You know what? It kind of reminded me again, to go back to Star Trek. Uh, it reminded me of when, um, uh, what was it Worf gets like shunned by the rest of the Klingons. It would have been way cooler. In fact, I hope it's a thing that happens later on where like when they kick somebody out, they all turn their back on him. And like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, The guy's, like, calling for help, and they just turn around, like, you're not getting any quarter here. Anyway, that's my prediction.
2: Well, it's
0: Nation Domination in space. They're all Klingon. That's actually, how'd you know, that's what we do. Oh, that's, yes, that's actually, that was the metaphor that Gene Roddenberry went for. Isn't it? And the Klingons will represent the nation of domination. He was always future thinking. He knew that they were coming.
1: First of all, I take offense at the in space part. When you're living on a planet, you don't think we're in space. You're just on another planet. This is Earth to you. Sorry, this is, Earth Sorry, this is
2: Earth-centric. Earth-centric. <laughs> and why Actually, are we wait it would make a lot of sense if ahmed johnson was speaking Klingon this whole
0: time <laughs> <laughs> to the end king kong
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's how bad this gauntlet match is that we have to pad it with star trek talk in the middle so then uh, the part with crush ends and then we've got ahmed and savio vega uh, when did the turnbuckle get exposed? I missed that. I missed that too. And I didn't Me too. Care I think or... I, I still missed it. I didn't care to go back and find it either. No, th- I wanted to be done with this match as quickly as possible. But God bless this audience for being into it.
2: I mean, it's yeah. this
0: this rivalry they've been invested in for a long time,
2: and this is like hitting an, like the. In- they're doing a good job of rashing up the intensity on this, even though they've been these same two guys have been fighting for months now.
1: Well, this is this is kind of, this storyline this like, the the archetype of this storyline is kind of like Luke Cage, right? Like it's like proto Luke Cage. It's like uh, the the guy who's going to clean up the neighborhood and the 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 group the gang that runs things and like. You know he's. This is his chance to take them all out. Like if he can just get through all three of them, we don't we don't have these guys anymore, and then we can like you know he'll be taking out a bit a major evil. And you just articulated that in a way
0: that Ahmed Johnson would never be able to. <laughs> to the end.
2: <laughs> uh, Faroo comes in and cleans house. Does the Dominator fake the arm injury. The end. I mean. I thought it was a good spot that he hit the prologue plunge and Farouk still got the kick out because he was so worked over he couldn't get the cover. Right. I oh, thought that was a nice, that was a nice, it was a good ending. It, was, this was like, it did have a pretty good ending. Again, it was pr-
1: very predictable, but it was good. It was very,
2: this was a competently booked match um, with most people wrestling fine and Ahmed Johnson doing his best. <laughs> Ahmed Johnson is doing his damn best.
0: <laughs> uh, then we get a real gem
2: Vader. Love so it. fucking good. I loved this next match. Oh wait, I, I don't know what the, the promo oh, oh,
1: oh yeah. That promo's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh they call out that he was in that he like attacked a Kuwait a Kuwaiti oh, yeah. uh they milked uh, the, the shit it, right.
2: out of that story.
1: <clears throat> I also love the line where Vader goes, Kim Shenrock knows nothing about pain. I wanted him to follow that with like, has he ever seen a loved one wasting away <laughs> having to change their sheets and <laughs>
2: Flip him from getting bed sores. (laughs) Has his girlfriend ever left him?
0: I don't know. Shamrock knows a thing or two about pain if he was watching that last match. Ooh. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, playing with the boy, just playing with the boy. Um, Invader's Pain game. That is not a game that I want to play. No. Yeah. I think I expect there's a lot of knives in it. (laughs) Vader's Pain Game sounds like something
1: that would be like one of those like dark horse Star Wars like uh graphics <laughs> like you know entering Vader's Pain Game <laughs> like it gets
0: very like S&M. Yeah, no longer canon. <laughs> <laughs> I think they really missed an opportunity not putting shamrocks all over, Kevin shamrocks everything.
2: I'm glad they didn't go like the hornswoggle route with his <laughs> <laughs> i could see how there would be the uh inclination uh but yeah if this match ruled it mm-hmm. fucking ruled it was good i sure. i watched this pay-per-view like three times and i feel like every time i watched it
1: you watched this three times yeah but, maybe, but I,
2: I still apparently
0: missed so much stuff
1: i watched it like uh, twice only because i was like i don't think i'm remembering anything but also, you guys
0: rewatch these
1: Only could only literally only because sometimes I have a blank sheet and I'm like, no. What's gonna what's gonna be spoken about? I cannot talk about Star Trek all the
2: time. (laughs) But this match I enjoyed watching like going back and watching again and again. This is a stiff fucking match.
1: Well they called it stiff and the the announcers called it. Well
2: they are beating the shit out of each other.
1: Yeah, so was it really I mean like what Cause like does Shamrock really know? Cause I was getting, I was saying it, it was a good match given Shamrock's skill level, which seemed
2: well. They're doing no low. holds barred, so they're doing knockouts and submissions only. So right. that was like
0: what they were trying to do.
2: And, and Ken Shamrock is a fighter. And like, again, yeah,
0: Ken Shamrock's his skill set is he, like he knows how to fight. He knows how his way around an octagon. Which I mean definitely played into... His the way you do
1: season. it is you find the first edge and then you just walk along <laughs> all seven other edges.
2: But he, Ken Shamrock is, at, at least at this point in his career, he's not like executing beautiful like butterfly suplexes or like a shooting star press. But he can beat the shit out of somebody if they ask him to. And Vader is known for being a stiff worker and throwing real punches and stuff like that. So the two of them in together, this was fucking fun to watch. So...
1: So it, a lot of that was like actual contact in yeah. the sense that it was you know like they you know he maybe he wasn't going as hard as he could go but he was going hard. I'm enough. sure
2: he was hitting with his full strength, but he was fucking hitting them. Yeah. I mean, this is the idea of pulling your punches. Like they, Vader doesn't or d- doesn't pull them as much as other wrestlers do. I mean, I think especially today I notice it a lot with the female wrestlers, and I hate to admit that, but I do find that there's the most air between their shots a yes. lot of times, but that's what Vader tries to compensate for by, like, actually making full contact. And it looks
0: dope. It looks dope, yeah. Yeah, no, I... I I'm sure I, it's not a lot of fun to work with, but it looks great. The same
2: well. way when Nia Jax clocked Becky Lynch, it looked fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> she hit her. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, it, it, you could tell the difference. And yeah. Vader it, it's not the stiff.
1: same as when... um, uh, Was it... Maybe Charlotte or Lacey Evans, where they they go for the chin hit, but mm. you can tell it's like they're just going for like between the the chin and the shoulder blade, kind of like neckish. And... Yeah. Um, did you guys notice there was that woman walking back a lot uh, during their match? Like she she walks across and she's kind of like waving her arms like 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 up like back and forth like one of those um, used car lot. Uh, like a Bailey buddy, like belly, like a belly buddy, and then she then like within five seconds she's back the other way because I was, I think she figured out this is where the camera is. I definitely want to make my move.
0: Oh yeah, I mean watching the audience figure out when they're on camera is it, it's one of my favorite things. Yeah, to spot. this day, yeah. still love it. Yeah.
1: Also, uh, the back the background on Ken Shamrock, he lived alone in a car when he was ten. Whose car? <laughs> That's usually a story for, like, Jewel, when she's 19 and can buy a van.
2: I can see this guy being like, Ken Shamrock, what's your background, what's your background? Have you heard of this Jewel singer? Because I do feel actually, like, 97 was Pink Jewel. Ken Shamrock did write a lot of poetry. <laughs> From Alaska, I got those teeth. I mean, yes. I it was a whole thing.
1: But, like, yeah, like, was he, did he, like, put on a trench coat and, like, pay pay for it in all of his dollar bills and then... Like, sit with like blocks
2: on his feet. Was it like a old, was it like an abandoned car in an alleyway? Like, like, or was it like some high school production of cats that he found? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm picturing
1: a
0: van down by the river, but.
1: Was it a, maybe the car was up on like those, like, those cinder blocks and like yeah. it just had no wheels and he was just like, uh, yeah, it's technically a car, but. Guys, it's called a
0: motorhome. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a pretty common thing. like a title. <laughs> he lived in a car. <laughs> It just thinks everything with four wheels is a car. <laughs> it's like how the 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 belt
1: is what you put your pants is what you hold your pants up. Yes, I have a championship belt to hold my pants up,
0: Vince Jesus. That plane's got four wheels. That's a car.
1: <laughs> we call it an air vehicle. Uh, there was a great moon salt. Didn't hit, him. but but like I don't need any of Vader's moon salts to actually hit. Just seeing seeing him do it.
2: big guys do moonsaults is so fucking cool. It's never not cool to see Vader do it, to see Bam Bam Bigelow do it. It's just always fun
0: to see.
1: It's only not cool if they're saying something racist as they're doing it. And then I'm like, not cool, man.
0: (laughs) Vader just bleeds a lot.
2: Stuck He's a bloody pig. guy. Well, he broke his nose, I think, in this match. Oh, did he actually break his nose? Yeah.
1: They said something about that, but I, you know, I, I was like, it could also be he picked it too much.
2: No, I do think he actually broke it, though. I do think, like Vader's face, you couldn't tell a difference if it like everything was broken and shuffled around because it's a the mask and also his face. Right. Of, I feel like with Vader's patty. face,
1: when you break your when he breaks his nose, he just has to like shake it up a little and it comes into a different configuration. Yeah. It's like. uh I'm trying to think of like the toy that would that would be like that, where like you don't actually have to worry about putting it back in its spot. Eh, I don't have anything. Okay, great. <laughs> it's like the moon.
0: I'm confused about the rope break in a no holds barred match. Yeah, I think they were just really pushing for was the rope break. Uh, I feel like usually in a no holds barred match, even if they get to the rope, then the they're not they don't break. Oh, the you mean breaking the hold? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they were using no holds
2: barred differently. Because it's essentially trying to put this more MMA rules yeah. a little bit, but not uh, chair shots and, like, tables as we think of No Holds Barred now. No. I, mean, uh, I think DQs were still in play. I think it was just no
0: pinfalls, really. Okay.
1: They got blizzards afterwards.
0: <laughs> um, I thought the ending was a little rushed, and that we might only complain about this, that it just kind of, it didn't it didn't build to the biggest crescendo that it could have.
2: Um. Part of that I would mind attribute to, so again, another move we're spoiled by now but was like unheard of at that time was the ankle lock. People weren't doing ankle locks back then. Mm-hmm. And like now I know that's like a thing. But it was Ken Shamrock who like brought in this ankle lock and he like made it a whole thing. I think what they were trying to show was it's like just how out of nowhere it could come. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so deadly that like even Vader, like out of nowhere can be forced to tap to this ankle hold.
1: Well they definitely had uh they, they told that story early on too, because there was a point where I think like I think Vader either had him in a hold, or or they were like go, they were kind of locked up, and Shamrock did did something. I think maybe it was like a wrist lock, and Vader like sold it like it was the most painful fucking thing. Like it was just like this little thing being done to his hand, and he sold it. So it seemed like they were building towards like Ken Shamrock knows how like can find the pressure points on you to immediately shut you down.
2: Yeah, I mean I can see like a, almost like a very these are like the a, a proto Pete Dunn. Pete Dunne is watching this yeah. or Maybe he's not even alive at this point actually But oh,
1: You mean like right You mean when this airs he's, yeah. he'll be dead
2: <laughs> <laughs> Eric you take that back
1: no, Pete that Dunne's great Pete Dunne. I, I like him Yeah Pete Dunne is like he, every Everything is like oh man don't let him near your fingers Yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> It's like very specific Much like that episode of Star Trek where there was the alien all race right, That eats right, people's nerds. fingers That
1: was not I'm not. I'm not through it so maybe you're right <laughs> Maybe it was in first contact. I don't know.
2: But this was good. I loved it.
1: Um, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was, you know, I, I, I I'm, I think uh, for his first match, it was, and like I think Vader's a great person to pair him with because yeah. Vader makes it look like it, like he he really just like puts everybody over in terms of just like making them look like they are doing an amazing job, and if Ken Sham, like I think. I'm okay with it, you know, ending a little bit quickly if the next one is, like, a street brawl or if, or if eventually he's building towards a, a street fight. Type well, of and thing. I
2: think Vader looks good in defeat here. I don't think he looks like he jobbed out. I think it no. looks like, yeah. it, you know, he missed a few, he missed the wrong place, the wrong time kind of thing, but I think he looked good in defeat, and this was great. I really enjoyed this match.
0: Before we go to the main event of this show, we want to go back to Raw from April 21st. So coming off of the last pay-per-view, Stone Cold Steve Austin has just beaten Bret Hitman Hart the night before. Uh, And on this episode, there is a street fight between the two of them.
1: Yeah, I'd like to first of all say that this match in the Raw was way better than the pay-per-view match the night
2: before. That's kind of going to be a common thing, and I feel like we're going to have to... There'll be a lot of Raws to check into, I feel like, as we go forward, because... Of the Monday Night Wars, they need to like up the stakes That's on, on the wondering. TV stuff, and so there's a lot of title changes on TV, which is like almost unheard of now. Like it's so rare that title changes on TV these days, but it used to change on TV like week to week. It was like thrilling. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna see that kind of a lot. That actually, the pay per views are not even the where the best stuff is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was I was literally watching it, going, "Man, I kind of feel like I should be watching Raws instead of like the paper because the pay per view was like as we covered, meh. And this raw, like even just the few parts I saw, I mean, I, we're not there yet. But mankind coming out <laughs> with, with an a, settling a, torch. a settling torch, that shit's dope. That's way better than them trying to light a lighter with like a piece of what do you what do you call it? Flash that? paper. Flash paper. Like that's. We're, it's just like different levels
2: also i mean even though i saw i caught a little bit of of marlena jumping out of the crowd and choking china with a belt i mean yeah! like, fucking
0: cool stuff and uh not, not Marlena. That looked like uh, Dustin and Terry out oh. there in their uh, in their civvies. They were
1: on date night. Yeah, and then I think somebody threw like a whole
0: drink on them. No, some. I, I,
1: I, oh, I thought I saw somebody throw like um, gold dust on him because oh, no, like he Coke. couldn't be without gold dust.
2: Oh no, it was a Coca
0: Cola. It was yeah, lighter fluid, soda, you guys, yeah. and
2: then they lit them all on fire. <laughs> Honestly. We're getting there oh, it's like man. the things that i mean it's just great i feel like like as they say business is starting to pick up because it's exciting uh the stuff they're pulling but yes so,
0: so yes yeah, so the uh breton and stone cold show off breton stone cold show down in a street fight that is happening in a ring uh, <laughs>
2: yeah well we have the
0: chicago street fight uh, yes I mean, like there. why why does it have what makes it a street fight I think just because you can go anywhere, you could use
2: weapons. It could. There's no rules. It's a street fight. But there are rules because there's a referee. I think the referee's only there to count the pins, though. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there are tables, fire extinguishers, chairs, links of chain.
1: By the way, I mean I don't know how much the the part I noted at the end was when Gorilla and Austin were going at it, and I thought that. Gorilla Monsoon was going to ask for Austin's badge. <laughs> like I want your piece, and I want your badge. Like it was a
0: it was a very dirty Harry moment there. Sure. Um But in the match itself, um Wrestlers Wrestling in Street Clothes is just always going to be funny to me. Yes. I prefer it. I love I loved
1: watching I think Hart I think Bret Hart wearing his street clothes wrestling is way more fun. That Bret Hart wearing that weirdo shit that he uh, wears. I
0: disagree. I love wrestlers and their gear, and I love when their gear changes, and I love thinking about what my gear would look like. What would your gear look like, Aaron?
2: <laughs> oh, man.
0: I, it would, I would wear a singlet, I think. Um, but also there are times where I think I would wear uh, a T-shirt like Kevin Owens, and Samoa Joe's shorts just look so comfortable. <laughs>
1: Well, they've got the they've got the breathing flaps it's like um, the back of a sport jacket I also the think vents. I would
0: wrestle in bare feet like Matt um, riddle like Matt riddle gross
1: wait would you show up in in uh, the Adidas the slides, like, slides?
0: <laughs> um I, I haven't gotten that far yet
1: well you can still work on the character yeah yeah um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I fucking love watching, like, Becky Lynch come out. Because I, I also... I'm not the biggest fan of some of Becky Lynch's uh, ring gear. Oh, like. you don't like steampunk? <laughs> well, that's... isn't just, She doesn't still no, sort no, no, of do no, it. No. Yeah. But... Um, I also... I'm just not a big fan of, like, fishnets. I think, like, she can... I don't know. I, I, just as a concept? I just... I don't know. I don't like the fishnets on wrestlers. It just doesn't work for me, really. Maybe I don't like it as a concept. I don't know. But I... Like I think she looks dope. Anytime she's, you know, like just wearing, honestly, like just jeans and a and a t shirt, or or like sometimes the um the uh, kill bill the, yeah there, the, the that's bride what
0: I was gonna say. when she comes out the kill, kill bill, bill, the kill bill stuff she looks really dope yeah I think all of that looks great I I, I, know, think... I liked her steampunk look too I'm no I'm mm, in a minority here yeah
1: I'm glad listen I'm I'm glad it did her it, it did her good for the when she used it.
0: Uh, and Shawn Michaels apparently found a smile. He found it. It was oh. underneath the chair, yeah. and then he takes the chair into the ring and clears the hey, ring. He also
2: found like a very beige business suit, oh just like all like, a three-piece beige. It's like wow, Those three different shades of beige. Yeah, it was just like a beige nightmare. It's like a t-shirt and a blazer, and it was like uh, oh,
1: Plus, like with blonde hair, it just all just it was like just one all beige the, yeah. blob. It's like a Benjamin Moore like uh, sample strip. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, what are the colors on that strip?
2: <laughs> It'd be beige, ecru, eggshell, uh, and sand. Vanilla wafer. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs>
1: um, why, it, it felt a little bit like a cartoon, the way that every time Owen and Bulldog came out, Brett, uh, um, uh, Sean would come out soon after and, like, chase them off. Like, it happened two different times what what are they building towards in this in that story i mean maybe is it something i'll just see
0: yeah you'll just see there's a lot of things that are going to be so is
1: brett not a lot it's god i keep calling brett is sean not aligned with with um stone cold
2: let's just say um the enemy of
0: my enemy is my friend
1: okay sure which we've been which we'll see a lot in this pay-per-view yeah
0: um, I want to check in on something with you, Eric. Yeah. How are you feeling about the double middle fingers at this point? Getting better. Um,
1: I we can talk about the double. There was something I really liked in the actual match with uh, Undertaker mm-hmm. um, that involved double middle fingers. It's still a little bit lame, and and there's there, he does a lot with his two fists and his fingers. Like it's not always middle fingers. Sometimes it's like. He's got his two fists together, and he's got the two pointer fingers being like, "Come here, come here." Um, I don't know. I like his bobbly head more than I like his two fists.
2: I like it all. God. damn. I like how
1: he how he shakes it back and forth like this. I don't know what he's saying, but it sounds like it's gonna be awesome.
2: God damn, he's just the best.
1: Um, also, what's Vince wearing on Raw? No, that jacket. He looks like a revolutionary, but like, <laughs> or like it, it, it's out of like. He looks like the like the fascist bad guys from Pink Floyd's The Wall. <laughs> um, he's got. He's waiting for the worms. Yeah, he's just he's got like black. Uh, what what are they? Um, black uh, pants, jeans, dungarees. They're, they're pants, but they've got um, cargo. Black cargo pants, not cargo shorts. Cargo pants. And they're just super puffy and he's got like a, is it like the Steve Jobs type of turtleneck? Yeah, you're just describing 1997, right? Oh, yeah. man. It's rough. Like, this is the same guy who on pay-per-views is wearing, you know, like a tux. Yeah. And now he's just, he's dressed like he's gonna man the machine gun afterwards. And like, and maybe like, you know, just kill a couple, like he'll line up a few audience members and just have him dig a
0: mass grave. Sorry, that's what I think when I, don't I see. Know if that's it. what I'm, I'm, re- I'm registering. Here. I also would not be surprised if that's something Vince McMahon did. <laughs> He's he definitely thought about it. This <laughs> is not his
1: first mass grave. <laughs> I thought
0: uh, Austin's
1: promo in the Raw was fire. It was amazing. Are you
0: talking about before the match, or are you talking about him with um, Monsoon after?
1: Uh, I'm i think okay so this is during the raw it's after
0: it's the later part that we watch it's towards the end when when we had to watch like so let's back up and set the scene so austin is just wailing on brett with a chair to the point that like referee after referee after referee the referee squad is back in (laughs) in full force monsoon is following him outside basically and telling him he broke all the rules which i have no idea which rules he's referring to in this chicago street, street, street fight. fight but uh austin then goes you're damn right i broke all the like just awesome yeah awesome 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 and then later on uh vince mcmahon is in the middle of the ring and calls out austin and austin comes out And the smile on Vince McMahon's face is just flashing dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, sign, looking at Steve Austin. And
1: that's the promo I'm talking about when he's in the ring with uh, Vince McMahon. That is fire. Like when he's basically just like, and fuck all the audience. I did this. You didn't fucking do any of this. I'm like, do it. Like, burn me, daddy.
0: (laughs) And the audience is loving it. Loving every second. Like Anti-heroes. Um, Stone Cold could have rented a Broadway theater, put on a two-hour show of just him and a mic, and it would have been the most captivating thing I've ever seen. But That's it would have been
2: a... what Jonathan Van Ness does now from Queer Eye.
1: Oh, I was gonna say it would have been about every Sunday he he went to a Yankees game with his father.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you, back in Texas, I had a lot of characters growing up. He's got a really questionable hey, black character. <laughs> hey Stevie, what you doing today? <laughs> oh. Um, I'll be right there, Dad! <laughs> I'm going out of the wrestling right. <laughs> and so, yeah, and so then it just devolves into chaos. Shawn Michaels comes back out, and Brian Pillman shows up wearing um tie-dyed pants. Yes. Apparently, he stopped fucking Sonny for a second backstage to come out. Grabbed
2: her pants by mistake
0: <laughs> in the heat of the moment.
1: Um, I, I think I wrote, I didn't understand Vince's role in all of that. Cause like he was, again, Gorilla Monsoon is still the president. Vince is sort of like, but the, yeah, but
0: they're slowly working in that Vince is the actual owner of, that he actually runs the show.
1: Right. Cause like, cause Austin's kind of addressing that a little bit. He's saying, he's basically saying like, and fuck you, Vince. And, and like at one point I think like when they're beating up on on stone cold Vince is like like oh trying to throw you know get kind of trying to pull him off but not really and then and then Brian Pillman shows up I don't know yeah. there's a lot
0: I don't have too much more to say about this but I did like when Austin touched Vince's dimpled chin yeah <laughs> uh also
1: great chair shots. Mm-hmm. Again, well, chair shots that look like they hurt. Chair shots, yeah, yeah. Because...
2: unprotected to the head. <laughs> Owen took a chair a chair shot there that was like,
1: <sighs> yeah, like it's... a yeah. That one of those chair shots looked real, real bad. Um, also, I wrote down that uh, Brian Pillman is basically Loki.
2: Yeah,
1: he just is like, yah, yah, and then he runs back into the crowd.
2: Agree,
1: <laughs> Loki Agree. and the Pillsbury Doughboy, <laughs> 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 which isn't the Pillsbury Doughboy kind of Loki also.
2: I mean, he's definitely also pansexual, so <laughs> they have that in common. Yeah, he's the king of biscuit mischief.
0: <laughs> Actually, yeah. That's right. Bis- biscuit. We'll get nope. to it. No, nope. no. <laughs> so, biscuit. So now back to uh, In Your House. We've got Stone Cold versus Undertaker um, and the entire Heart Foundation. So we've got Brett in a wheelchair, we've got Owen. We've got Jim Nyhart, we've got uh, British Bulldog, and we've got Brian Pillman, who's just kind of like the also ran with the crowd at that point.
1: I, I was so happy to see Jim Nyhart.
0: Yeah, same, 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 same. Um, and then, like any audience member, they come down the entrance ramp sure. and they have yes, like a, a big moment, and then they're shown to their seats. And everyone knows that something is going to happen at some point there. Well, what did
1: they have that that like ramp? Was that to be wheelchair accessible for Brett? <laughs>
2: Yeah, (laughs) they were like, "This has to be ADA compliant." (laughs) The entrance (laughs) ramp is the only thing that
0: makes a wrestling ring ADA compliant. (laughs) Um. So yeah. So the match starts. Stone Cold is taking it to Undertaker right off the bat, and then goes and just pulls out Owen Hart because everyone wants to beat up Owen. So fun, God. So also, one note I had was: uh, Is anyone considered
1: the heel or the face in Austin versus Taker?
2: Mm, No, because.
1: Yeah. People like both of them.
2: Yeah. Undertaker is the face. And Austin is a tweener. And he's an anti hero. And so he think it's sort of like, uh, what would be a good equivalent? Like Roman Reigns and anybody for a while. You know? Like I'm, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, when Braun Strowman was still a heel and literally committing vehicular homicide. Yeah. And crowds were cheering for Strowman over. Reigns. Right. It's kind of like I'm, that.
0: Yeah. Um, Undertaker's
2: not despised like Reigns was, but.
0: No, I mean, people still love undertaker and yeah. love it in this moment it's just he's getting caught up in the stone cold steve austin wave and it's just it's unstoppable
1: yeah. by the way he's now from death valley
2: he's I, been from death valley he's been uh, from parts unknown right
1: it, maybe maybe people just didn't really know part uh, death valley they're like i don't know <laughs> it's kind of unknown to us
2: it was a great match this was a really fun match i thought with the i loved the ending i really was on the edge of my seat i, was, I, I was, did I was like, right a yeah
1: literally everyone fighting everyone oh my God, the tombstone counters. So good. Yes.
2: And I really did for a second. I was like, wait, does Austin win the title here? I don't remember. And like I, I, even having seen it and lived it, I still was like on the edge of my seat.
1: Yeah. They formed like a Cirque du Soleil, like human wheel. Yeah. It yeah. was amazing. That was, that, that really, uh, cause like a lot of the, the, you know, earlier on, I was confused by a lot of things. I didn't understand why the Undertaker was
0: beating up the Heart Foundation. I didn't know why he cared. Everyone
2: just hates the Heart Foundation.
0: I was surprised they didn't cut to the Heart Foundation more in like the the in between moments of the match and just like show them pondering with or like scheming or something and... like that. It was only when the wrestlers were interacting with them. So I thought I'm that was okay a weird. That. Yeah. Mm, I thought it was a weird storytelling thing. Where like, would why they... would they have seats up front? Well, that's weird. Yeah, What's weird is why do they no, have seats? No, we bought them from a scalper. You didn't hear that 800 <laughs> like, times? Let me nonsense. tell you, first of
1: all, we tried buying from a scalper. It's not always as easy <laughs> as just buying five tickets.
2: Uh, I think Maybe we're... they were handing out postcards to their podcast outside and someone <laughs> gave them <laughs>
1: the seats. Um, also, I, I, I wanted to note, I feel like they've been using the knee thing a lot in the last couple pay-per-views. It's been like, not to I mean, no pun intended, but kind of a crutch in their um... storytelling.
2: <laughs> like,
1: it's just, like, I... I think I like it, but I think it was getting a little too much because it was like, okay, everybody's gonna hit everybody's knee, and, like, I don't know. Just, I... I enjoy a little bit more variety than what they okay. were doing, but I...
0: But obviously, I got it later. I really like the exploiting weakness kind of thing, though. Um, Do it with an arm. Elbow.
2: <laughs> well, the thing is with... with um, Bret Hart specifically being in it. Cause Bret Hart's the sharpshooter and like that's right. So the knee is very important to all that. And Austin also had a legit knee injury, okay, um, which is why he has the brace and all that stuff, which I think is also why they were playing with it. Why he went for undertaker's knee less necessary.
1: Right. It, that's, that was kind of the thing. Like it was like, Oh, he like when, when you're a hammer, everything you see is a knee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, so now you go get back to your question about how do I feel about the double finger? The ref giving the double finger to Steve Austin was <laughs> the
0: height. It was mwah, amazing. Amazing. I loved, well, first I didn't like the first low blow, but then when there was a the low blow, blow retaliation, I was like, oh yeah, this is good. This is good. These guys are going to do whatever it takes to either win that title or hold on to that title. And, and the announcers did a good job bringing that into it and telling that story. Totally,
2: and they're both good, well, I guess they're not really awesome, but like, that's the thing, it's like, even Undertaker, who's a face, and who's a hero, is gonna cheat, and like, they're just gonna like, go, like, by any means necessary, if you Well, want. yeah,
1: because like, uh, it's, I mean, Taker is a hero, is a face, but like, he's not, he's never, like, our mortal, you know, concerns <laughs> don't register <laughs> with him, he'll just take anybody out. Just to talk about this pay-per-view, though, like, it was, I mean, it was definitely better than last months, right? Yeah, agreed. By, well, but a, I,
0: by a long shot, I think. I mean, that's because the highs are so high here. Those last two matches are fucking dope, and everything before it could... Yes. Everything before it was fine. Was it? In this... Yeah. I think okay. everything
2: before it, I would give, I would give probably Cs and C-minuses across the board. To the uh, stuff that came
1: before. Yeah, Flash Funk versus Triple H, meh.
2: It was fine.
1: Fine. It was I mean, really- look, it was better than whatever garbage they were doing Literally, the first three matches of, of last of last month's pay per view were absolute dog shit.
2: There were no tag team matches on this, but the fucking see the Godwins. So I mean, like Flashback Hunter sounds like... Fine. It wasn't great. Put China over. That's all I really cared about. That was take away. Didn't overstay its welcome.
1: The yeah. nation of Domination versus Ahmed, which is not I think like wasn't it that interesting as a like the matches themselves weren't that great, but like the story was exactly. good. So. It, it was
2: too long for sure. Mm-hmm. And it felt like if I watched this match in a vacuum, like someone who ever watched Wrestling at All Seth and I made them then that match, it's terrible. Yeah. But as a escalation of their rivalry, did its job. I'm not mad about it right person one the spots were all there it made sense yeah uh, mankind I, and rocky ugh. fine it's not fine. great but fine i, I, I don't we, know
0: apart from the what was it the cross body press into the mandible claw rock bottom on the floor also good
2: was yeah, that, that's a moment I, I, look i'm not saying it's good i would give that one fine minus but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't dog shit though you know i thought it was Fine, it was watchable, yeah. I mean, that's
1: what I was fine. kind of saying before, right? Sure. Like, mankind makes everything exact bare minimum watchable,
2: totally. I and I, I agree. And I thought Shamrock and Vader were fucking dope, yeah. And I thought Stone Cold and Undertaker, and with
1: all the hard stuff, was great. Yeah. I think, I think, and the funny thing about the Stone Cold and Undertaker thing was, I wasn't sure how much I was into the match for a little while, but I
0: think by the end, I was fully sold. I don't, I, I mean, and that I think that's most wrestling matches too, because the the kick into high gear. Except for the uh, the Nation of Domination versus Legion of Doom and Ahmed Johnson last month, which was just like, or, or two months ago, which was just like batshit insane all over the From place. the jump, yeah. A wrestling match yep. needs to ebb and flow in order to really tell a story. And so there's definitely going to be every single match the moments where you're a little bit checked out and then it's like, "Oh no, these people wrestling telling holds. this great story is going to get you involved and going to get you emotional about it by the end."
1: Right, you you watch it for the places it will take you. It's kind of like uh like a fish show. <laughs> you want the you want the special moments. Not you don't care about it. not every moment's going to be the most amazing.
0: You know, that's a really good analogy. Thank you i hate this uh
1: (laughs) welcome to our fish podcast which i I will i'll be the noob there too (laughs) um where does this rank among like the the big ones we've talked about like the the this the austin versus taker match where does that rank i mean maybe i don't maybe we don't want to take too much time on it but in terms of like, you know, we've talked about the really, really good ones. Like it's
2: not a really, really good no. one. This okay. is a this is a really good match, but it's not one that It's not people like Shawn Michaels versus about.
1: Mankind. No.
2: Right. It's not even yeah, exactly. It's not something that people still talk about now. Or the way that like the Austin Hart matches, like people go back and watch and talk about it as some of the best ever and that kind of stuff. This is not
0: that. It's just interesting because it's
2: the first time they've met on a pay-per-view. And it's good. Okay.
0: Yeah, and I think if anybody looking back, looking at this pay-per-view would look more at Vader versus Shamrock. Yeah, that's 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 the takeaway
2: from this pay-per-view. It would be like if you were to go back and rewatch one thing from this pay per view, it'd be Vader and Shamrock.
0: Cool. A Little bit more business to take care of. For years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammies in a segment we call for your reconsideration. Anyone itching to go?
1: Yeah, I mean, I already did my song, but um, I'll give most on brand to Stone Cold uh, for his promo where he literally says, it's going to be a cold day in hell. Like, I think that might have been the second time he talked about how cold a day in hell it was going to be. Yeah, he he got the
2: messaging right and he stuck (laughs) to it. So I have kind of two. So, but they're both the same award, but the runner up first, the runner up for, I'm so glad Jerry Lawler didn't go there, would go to the Funkettes are like the moon, (laughs) (laughs) but the winner would be, he made a prison joke about Vader during the Vader match. That made me very nervous. That just really ended up with all they do in prison is work out all the time. So he's going to be a lot tougher tonight. And so (laughs) I was really glad that's
0: where he landed with that.
1: (laughs) Oh, how do, when do we get rid of the, don't drop the soap joke? Uh, The fucking worst.
0: I'm going with, um, so before the Nation of Domination match, Gorilla Monsoon comes out and orders everybody away from ringside to the top of the ramp. I'm going with the Nothing to See Here award to Savio Vega, who just stood around as though, what, this is not an acceptable place for me to stand for a good 40 seconds as Gorilla Monsoon was trying to uh, shoo him into the bed. Uh, I love that. He,
1: He literally goes,
0: what, what, I can't stand here? I can't. I I can't. I just can't. I'm just. No, no. Like, yeah. I'm just. I'm just hanging out watching. Is it? Is this not? Is this not an acceptable place to stand? (laughs) All right. Great. (laughs) Ha. (laughs) Love us. Disagree. Want to make us run the gauntlet? Let us know. Email us at helenaselephone at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at helenaselpod or each of us individually. Eric at prime silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at slow pass. Please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you again for King of the Ring 1997. Eric, you want to sing your song to get us oh. out of
1: here? Uh, lost my kidney in the hospital, Jack. <laughs> My girlfriend went to the store and she didn't come back. I don't have one about the river and doesn't know where it's going, but we can work on it.
0: Well, then you could have uh, Ken Shamrock living in the van down by the river. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Ahmed Johnson's got a hungry butt. (laughs) Ahmed Johnson's got a uh, uh, hungry butt. Play Clarence.